fascinating to see how God leads and directs in our lives. And um, we have really enjoyed the study on heaven. I think it's made us all... Whoa. It's done, yeah. It's made us look forward to heaven and um, rejoice that in faith in Jesus Christ, that is what we have to look forward to. And um, God has taught us through our studies that we've been through in Romans and Ephesians and others, but I have all confidence that God has led us to this study in Job but as we go to it, um, the, the study deals with suffering. And it kind of reminds me of um, when I was going into seventh grade, we lived in a suburb of Minneapolis, and junior high then was seventh, eighth, and ninth. And, and we had moved there from... Stewartville, Minnesota, a small town, and and I went to this huge junior high school, and I just was thankful I could find my way around, you know. But that was seventh grade. Eighth grade, they divided up the district, built a brand new school, Ridgemont Junior High, the Ridgemont Roadrunners, and and I was excited to go. I'd be half the size of the other one. Until I went and I walked into the gym and they this high ceiling and they had ropes hanging down. And I thought, oh man, they're going to make us climb those ropes. And I had never ever seen a trampoline. And there were trampolines over here. And, and the school had an indoor swimming pool. And, and you think, all of those are wonderful. Until you think, you go to P.E. and they say, you know, you're going to learn to climb and touch the beam at the top. And I thought, man, I went to the back of the line on that. I, I did not want to go up there. And I like swimming, but we go to the pool and it looks like, whoa, that's a long ways down there. And you're going to do laps here. And I thought, whoo, man, I, you know, the way I swim... I do this, I do this, I do dog paddle, I go on my back. No, you can't do all that stuff, you know. And and then the trampolines, and they put safety things on you, and all of it. I was I was not confident in any of that. You know, school I came from was like Sheraton. If you had a ball and a bat and and some grass to play on, that was. And all this was just overwhelming. And once you get in and do it, it's not so bad. But I was not looking forward to any of that. N- nothing. I, I, like I said, I'd go to the back of the line, especially on that rope climbing, I thought. Because I'd seen others go up and not make it all the way. And then they'd come down real fast and their hands are Burned. You know, there's some sense in staying at the back of the line. There's a reason God made me the fourth born. You learn from the mistakes of older brothers and sisters. 
So I at least learned to climb the rope, and when you come down, you don't just, you know, or you're going to have burnt hands big time. any rate, it all worked out, and I learned to climb the rope. I learned to swim, not as good. I knew how to swim, but survived the pool, I'll say that, all right, and, um, and everything. And that's kind of how I feel coming to this study on Job. Suffering. Yeah, I'm first in line for that. None of us are, are saying, sign me up. I'll be first in line here for, for suffering. But the reality is, life involves suffering. And, and if you're paying any attention at all to what's going on in the world, there's a very real chance that that there will be suffering. We as Americans have, have, to a certain degree, been freed from that, other than even in prosperity there is suffering. There is sickness. There are disappointments. There are losses. Life is hard, and life involves suffering. And so when we come to the book of Job... Um, the book of Job deals with real-life things, although none of us have experienced and probably will not experience to the extent that Job has. But the reality is Job deals with basic questions of life. From what is God like? Is He perfectly good? Is He just? Is He sovereign? The book of Job deals with what is man in God's eyes? Is he an enemy? Is he a friend? Is he a pawn? What does God expect of man? How does man relate to God? What is faith? Can a man or a person, a woman, doubt and question God and still have faith? Why do people suffer? Why do people obey God? How can someone help a friend who is in the midst of suffering? All of these are questions that are in the book of Job. And I, I urge you to diligently get in the study guide book that you have you will be going in more detail on your Sunday evening times than we will here on Sunday morning. Um, and we'll be covering um, various practical issues. But at the same time, it is important that you personally study this study that we're in. And it's it's different than any other studies we have. It's the way the book of Job is written, um, it's, it's really been written in a poetic form. I have never been, I, I've told you before, I've never been much for this literature where you read all this literature and, and then do you see what they're saying in this? Why didn't they just say it rather than, you know, veil it under this and... Um, any rate, in studying this, I read some said, this is the, the greatest masterpiece that has ever been written and, and all those things. And 
honestly, I am, and uh, your facilitators are probably too, wading through this and think, okay, how do we present this? And it isn't like, okay, we're going to go chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, and just, just like that, because you can't, you can't really do it that way, because they're coming large sections. But I believe if you will put your heart and soul into studying this, and, and you say, God, I need you to open mine eyes to see the truth that you have in the book of Job, for me, that you will be blessed and benefited, we will be challenged, we will be encouraged, and we will be prepared for whatever God has for us. I just want to mention from the passages that we read this morning, six truths that we need to keep in mind as we go through the book of Job, but... that we learn from the passages here. Number one, there is always more than meets the eye. Job, nor his friends, knew anything of what transpired in God's presence. They, they knew, and we need to keep that in mind. We, we know the whole story here. They had no idea that God said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's not another man like him. They didn't know that took place. All All Job knew, everything was going fine for him. And then in one day, in hours, everything, every wheel fell off the wagon. We, We can't even imagine what it was. All he knew that one day things were delightful and promising, and the next day, that day even, they were dreadful and in utter despair. And what's going on in your life today and in our world today is all that we see, but you can rest assured that there's a lot more than meets the eye. We look around at at our nation today and we say, what in the world is going on? If we were to to be in God's presence and, and, for example, heard some of the conversation, it would give us a whole different perspective. We, We are frustrated that we pulled out of Afghanistan and left all of our equipment there, and, and I'm frustrated with that. And then I realize Afghanistan is part of the armies that march down upon Israel. And God may be saying, I'm going to give them a little more equipment here to march down on Israel to make it an even bigger victory when I wipe them out when they march down on Israel. I don't know that that's exactly what's going on, but I know this. There's way more going on than we ever see. And God isn't wringing His hands. And God isn't upset. And God God is just putting them into place. You know, He's just setting it all up. Um, 
I'm, I'm not a chess player. I don't know anything about chess, but I know this much that you can set somebody up and you see it happening and you think, yep, 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 then you got them, okay? I do know in wrestling you can set people up and they walk right into it and boom, you've got them just like that. I mean, and God is setting things up. He set Job up to show his power. And you can be assured today there's way more that's meeting the eye that we see today. And I don't just mean on alternate media and, and what the media is keeping from. I'm talking about in the presence of God today, he has everything under control. And he knows what he's doing. And he knows what he's doing with our nation. And, and we're in the position of Job. We don't know all that's going on up there. And if Job had known that, it would have made a difference. But God had a purpose in all this. <clears throat> Someone said, God says there are 10 million things about running the world of which we don't know the first thing. But He knows perfectly. And you'll get in the book of Job where God shows that by asking Job a series of over 60 questions to say, did you do this? Do you know how to do this? And he just riddles him with these questions. To say, no, 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 no. And God has millions and millions of things that he's in charge of in running the world that we don't know the first thing about, but He gives us everything we need to know for this life, for us to live today to His honor and glory. But just rest in the fact, there is always more than meets the eye. Secondly, realize Satan hates everything about God and His children. He is engaged in a relentless commitment to destroy God's people and God's plan. Satan, in essence, said to, to God, you are infatuated, God, with the idea that man loves you for your own sake. And Satan is saying, he, man never has loved you because of who you are, and he never will. And Job only loves you because of what you do for him. No one loves you because of who you are. Really, we think this is an attack on Job. It's, it's an attack on the character of God. And, and you think of that, what he said there. Nobody loves you because of who you are. They love you because of what you do. And if you quit doing for them, they'll quit loving you. And Satan is an enemy that he will do whatever he can to destroy the name and character of God and to disrupt our fellowship with God, to make us think evil of God or to think evil of what God is doing. And this is what we have here. But we need to, we need to understand throughout all this that... 
Satan hates everything about God and about his children and about God's work. And, and you need to look at today's events realizing that. Why, why is there such a hatred for Israel? Well, because Satan hates everything of God. And God said, Israel holds a special place in my, in my heart. Why, why is Jesus Christ the name that is taken in vain? Have you ever heard anyone at work smash their finger and say, Oh, Buddha. No. Why? Why is it always Jesus Christ? Because Satan hates Jesus Christ. Buddha and Muhammad and all the other religions are on his side. He's not going to have them take that name in vain. You've never... You think about these things. He hates anything of God. And he seeks to destroy it. Thirdly, God is totally in control. You notice it's God that brings it up. Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? This is where all of us are, are going. I'm going to the back of the line. I don't want God to say, Have you considered my servant Steve Martley? I'm going to the back of the line. We don't want God putting us on the stage. Job didn't know this was going on, but it was God's doing. It wasn't like Satan came in and said, this is what I'm... God was in control. And he's always in control. I mean, it's hard for us to relate to that. Because we can control so little and we're taken by surprise and things happen that take us off guard, but nothing ever surprises God. And and it was God that initiated it and nothing is out of God's control. It is under God's control and... From our perspective, it looks like chaos. But again, if, it, if God isn't in control, then God isn't God. And we have to remind ourselves. These are, these are truths that we, we have to remind ourselves. Number four, hold everything loosely. <clears throat> I mean... I, I cannot imagine, and I'm not going to go into great detail. You've studied it. You've, we read it this morning again. All that Job lost in, in that amount of time. I mean, all his possessions, all his children... <clears throat> And that Job in chapter 1 and verse 20, verse 21, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Job knew that everything was on loan from God. He never considered himself the sole owner. And so he was much more prepared to release it when the owner wanted it back. It is too easy for us to take hold of life itself and think we control it. I mean, I'm, I'm for eating healthy most of the time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I had Friday I had a tuna sandwich with two or three leaves of kale on it. And I ate it. And I kind of... Kind of enjoyed it, okay. But I don't care what you do physically, our times are in God's hands. It doesn't mean you go step in front of a train. It doesn't mean you live stupidly. But realize even life itself today is a gift of God and God can take it whenever He pleases let alone our family. And, and, and again, these are the things we don't like to think about. We want to go to the back of the line and say, I don't want to think about these things. But God can do whatever He wants with our life, with our family, with our possessions. And Job came to understand everything I have is on loan from God. Sure, we work to, to get it, but even the privilege to work is a gift of God. And even the privilege, there are many people that work and are never blessed by it. They, they see no profit to it. But for us to realize everything we have is on loan from God, a disciple must be detached from his property and possessions. If our life consists of what we possess, when disaster comes to our possessions, disaster comes to our life. That's why Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And it is, it is so easy for us to become attached to these things. It's so easy for us to, to act like they're mine. And yes, we need to be good stewards of what God has entrusted us. But we need to hold on to things lightly. I mean, that Job was able to say, The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As, as I come to the book of Job, I'm already saying, Oh, God, help me that, that I could say that. I mean, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. To stand here and say, Oh, yeah, I'll be able to say that. I can't stand here and say that. I want to be able to. I want my faith to be strong and I'm praying 
as we go through the book of Job that it will, but it's a reminder to us. It ought to, one, fill us with gratefulness. God, thank you for, thank you for today that you've given me and what you've given me here. This may be the only day that I have it. But nothing can separate me from the love of you. See, and Job understood, and the lesson to us is to hold everything loosely. Number five, what we truly know about God is foundational to persevering faith. How many of you have heard the statement or made the statement, someone says, he has the patience of Job, or they made reference to the the patience of Job. How many of you have heard that? Okay. You know, really, the fact of the matter is, Job, Job was not patient. He was persevering. His persevering at times was loudly, emotionally, and impatiently persevering. You're going to read in here, and in the next chapter, I mean, we read, The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But you're going to read in Job, um, he was very emotional about this. He was very loud about defending himself in the face of suffering. And yet he persevered by the grace of God. And this relationship between man and God really comes forefront right here. And the key in that relationship is a persevering faith. And you will find what caused Job to persevere in faith is what he knew about God. I know, Job said, when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. He said... I know that my Redeemer lives. And he said, I know someday in my flesh I will see Him. These were all things that Job came to know in his personal relationship with God. And in the midst of suffering, it's going to come down to your personal relationship with God. I'm not saying it comes down to whether you've prayed a prayer to receive Christ or whether you attend church. I'm saying it comes down to your daily walk with God. And we will not survive some of the, I'll call them normal storms of life, of losing a loved one, um, financial reverses. We won't even survive those, let alone the extraordinary things if our personal walk, and that's why we have been for nearly two years emphasizing it is important that we know God. And not because your husband or wife says it or because at church they say it, 
that you know this because there will come times that you will be alone in the midst of whatever adversity. And it is going to come down to you and your walk with God so that you will be able to say, God, it seems all dark. I can't see you, but I know that you are this. Based on the Word of God. It's not going to be based on how you feel. I mean, Job, let alone read the New Testament and the disciples of Christ, there were many, many days that were not feel-good days for them. But it comes down to this is what I know about God. There will come things in our life in which there is no immediate explanation for why it's happening. There, you won't be able to explain it. There may be people come along like Job's friends and say, this is happening to you because of this and that. There will be things that happen with no explanation, as in Job's life. There was no explanation. And by the way, um, Job never got an explanation why it happened. But it is his walk with God, what he knew about God, and, and the truth of God that caused him to persevere. He was, there were many times God had to rebuke him. But he persevered through it. It wasn't like um, it wasn't like he was a supernatural man. We could spend a lot of times just in the the verse that says there was a man in the land of us named Job. He was a man. He was just like you and I. But he had the foundation of faith. And again, let me reiterate, I don't mean he just had the foundation of pray to prayer to receive Jesus Christ. He had the foundation that he knew God. That he knew the truth of God. And that alone is going to help us persevere in any suffering. And then we need to remember our love for God will be tested and revealed. When when you look at this and Satan says in verse 9, does Job fear God for nothing? Job only loves you, God, because you've been good to him. And you know, that's, that's pretty much our definition of love in the world we live in. Marriage is in because you're no longer being good to me. I'm no longer benefiting from this relationship. So, let's end it and move on. And many times in the Christian walk... In fact, many times we entice people to be a Christian. If you're a follower of Christ, He'll give you this, He'll give you this, He'll give you this. You know, Jesus Christ said to them, 
They came and said, we want to be followers of you. And he said, you sure? Birds have nests to sleep in. Foxes have holes to sleep in. I don't have anywhere. You sure you want it? You want, sure you want to follow me? He made them consider the cost. And our love for God will be tested. I just thought, if, if God were to, to have a meeting in heaven with Satan and your name or my name was brought up, and he said, you know, they only love you because you're good to them. Now, how can you prove that? Well, the only time they give thanks is when it's going good. When, when a trial comes, they're crying, they're carrying on. Why do you do this to me, God? They're... And I stopped and thought, man, in, in my own life, is Satan, who we know in from Revelation is the accuser of the brethren, is he before the Father saying, yeah, look at him. He's buddy up to you when things are going good, but, but when things aren't, then he starts going this way. See, someday our love for God will be tested, and often it's tested, and ultimately our love for God will be revealed. And, and it's... It goes much deeper than looking like a Christian and doing the things Christians do. It comes in our motive. Why are we doing what we're doing? And in our love for God and our commitment to Him, as Job said, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. I mean, you are all I have. And I believe God is in the process in, in our land and around the world of helping us to see that God is all we have. And that is more than enough. And this study in the book of Job can really be um, strengthening, empowering, draw us to the very heart of God because we come to see the heart of God in this. It can be very beneficial to us in, in dealing with, with um, individuals going through suffering. I, I can't even imagine. We, we read it here. After, after Job has been inflicted with these boils and from head to toe... And he, he's sitting at the, the city garbage dump, which is a place of vile rejection and re, repulsiveness. And his friends come and for seven days they were so smitten, they could not say a word. You've been in situations where perhaps someone has suddenly died and you go and, and people are sitting around and there's not much talking going on. Not, there's no words. And it may last 20 minutes 
It may last a half hour, but this was so overwhelming. Seven days and seven nights, they, they did not utter a word. That's how oppressive this whole thing was. And yet, in all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. That comes from his walk with God. And he was an instrument that showed that God is love because of who he is, not what he does in our lives. And an eternal rebuke to Satan. And now we see a little bit why God brought up. Have you considered my servant Job and God saying, I'm setting up a fast one right down the middle and I'm going to knock this baby out of the park. Oh, I haven't thought of that. And Satan said, let's wind up and give it to him. And it's to the glory of God that Job Honored God. Heavenly Father, as we come to the book of Job, it'd be easy for us to back away and say, well, I could never be what Job was. It'd be easy for us to say, oh, I I don't understand it. But Lord, you have put the book of Job in the Bible for our benefit, for our learning, for our admonition. And Lord, we have no idea the different ways that you want to use this in every one of our lives. And so I pray that your spirit would do a work in our lives as we go through this book that you have raised up to show your power. Lord, I pray that we would have a mission and a direction to know you more than we ever have before. I pray that we would not be filled with fear, but that we would have the power of you at work in us that we wouldn't shy to the back of the line, but that we would say, Lord, here am I. Use me. And Lord, I pray that You would find in us vessels that would bring honor to You through the persevering faith as we obey Your Spirit. Lord, I pray if there's individuals that have never called upon You, they don't have a relationship with You, Lord, I pray today would be the day of salvation. And God, I thank You that there is more that's going on than meets our eyes. I thank You that You are in control, and I thank You that as a follower of You, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lord, we look forward to what You're going to do. 
And we ask that you would help us to be responsive to your Spirit's leading. In Jesus' name with thanksgiving, amen. I'm going to